Today's episode is brought to you by the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. To learn more, visit usbank.com slash altitude go. One of the challenges of traveling is managing your money. If you're tired of getting crushed by bank fees and exchange rates, you need to check out wise.com. I have been a customer for over 10 years. This is the easiest way to connect all of your finances internationally. It's been essential for me first as a traveler, then later as a digital nomad and an expat living abroad, running a business from around the world. You get one account, which allows you to send, spend, and convert money internationally, all without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. You can join 16 million customers, learn how the Wise account can work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash travel. That's wise.com slash travel. Thank you to Wise for supporting today's show. This episode of Zero to Travel is brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. Learn more at nissanusa.com. Figure out where gaps exist and do your part to fill them, whether it's, you know, Gaps to access, gaps to funding, gaps to experiences, gaps to knowledge, gaps to representation. Figure out your one small piece. And if every traveler does something small, it's going to aggregate into something large and it's going to aggregate into into change at the end of the day. And he's certainly doing his part to fill a gap. That is Brandon Miller, the co-founder and director of brand strategy for the Two Fly Foundation, a nonprofit organization whose mission is to provide passports, travel grants, and educational experiences for students in under-resourced communities. He's our guest today, and you're going to hear about his transformative travel experiences, how it led to the work he's doing today, how he went from an idea he got with his friends in a bar one night to making a difference, an inside look at what went down on the Kelly Clarkson show, a national talk show in the USA, and how it impacted his work. Plus, we'll leave you with a little challenge that might just change the course of your coming year. All of that and much more happening in today's episode right now. So buckle up, strap in. Thanks for being here. And welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. Listening to the Zero to Travel podcast, where we explore exciting travel based work, lifestyle, and business opportunities, helping you to achieve your wildest travel dreams. And now, your host, world wanderer and travel junkie, Jason Moore. Hey, it's Jason here with ZeroToTravel.com. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks for hanging out, letting me bring a little travel into your ears today. This is the show to help you travel the world on your terms to fill your life with as much travel as you desire, no matter what your situation or experience. And it's also about living your best life. And one of the ways we can do that, we know how good it feels to give. It's no coincidence that as you're listening to this, the day of publication is also Giving Tuesday. This is uh, from their website, givingtuesday.org. I'll give them a little shout out. And this is a, quote, global generosity movement unleashing the power of radical generosity. Giving Tuesday was created in 2012 as a simple idea, a day that encourages people to do good. Since then, it has grown into a year-round global movement that inspires hundreds of millions of people to give, collaborate, and celebrate generosity, end quote. That was from their website. So here you go. This typically takes place the Tuesday after Thanksgiving in the USA and Black Friday, which uh, we all know is a very heavily focused 
day on consumerism, <laughs> which I'll have some thoughts on at the end of this episode. Anyway, I want to put this out during Giving Tuesday to encourage you, of course, to listen to this story of one organization. Brandon Miller comes on to share his experience creating the Two Fly Foundation, which ties in with helping to fill those gaps he mentioned at the top of the show in travel inclusion and equity. And I was really inspired by this conversation. Hope you are as well as we slip and slide to it right now. Stick around on the back end if you'd like. I'm going to leave you with that challenge and give you some practical advice around that. And, you know, you might be surprised to hear that the phrase, the American dream, didn't always mean what it means now. And maybe we should go back to what it meant before. So I'll share a bit about that. And one last reminder, zero to travel.com slash newsletter. If you want to get the newsletter, it's free off the podcast. You can sign up to keep in touch over there. You'll get all the latest episodes, plus some musings, pictures of me in a clown outfit. That one went out the other week. You never know what you're going to get. So sign up over there to be a part of the online community. Now, here's the conversation I had with the inspiring Brandon Miller. I'll see you on the other side, my friend. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Just getting your day going over there in Dallas? Um, I'm just getting my day going. I got my coffee. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're, we're just not that's, getting started. There that's an important <laughs> ingredient. Cheers. Um, are Cheers. you are you typically like an early morning person? or More or less. Uh, I try to get my day started pretty early. You know, my days are, are, are pretty full, you know, balancing all of the things. So try and get up early so I have a couple of hours for, for myself before we get the day started. What do you usually do during that time? It's usually like get up, walk the dog. Uh, I try and get a workout in in the morning. Um, you know, all that kind of stuff just to get myself going before before the day starts. Yeah, cool. Well, I should formally say, Brandon Miller, welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. Thanks for being here, man. Thanks for reaching out. I got the email from you and uh, you kind of shared all the stuff you were doing. And I'm like, wow, this is this is incredible work. So um, I, I think it's very important to just have like a bigger conversation around this, but also dive into the some of the specifics of what you guys do at Two Fly Foundation, which, by the way, I should just lead off. I'm no uh, Tyler Perry. I'll, I'll get into that story in a minute. But I did donate 100 bucks to this organization before this podcast. So after hearing the story, I'm hoping at the end, if there are any listeners out there inspired, maybe we can bring you some I donations. Love so. I love it. I saw, <laughs> I saw the donation come through this morning. I said, man, my guy, my guy Jason is on it. We definitely appreciate <laughs> it. We're, we're grateful for the donation. It's, it's going to a, a well, great cause. It'll go a long way for sure. Let's start there and just give people an overview of what it is and what you do. Then I have some personal questions and we can kind of loop back to some of the stuff around that if that's cool. Perfect. I love I love it. I love it. Um, so again, excited to be on the podcast, excited to talk about all things travel and uh, especially um, you know, the Two Fly Foundation, which is an organization that I co-founded uh, seven years ago. So we actually just had our seventh uh, birthday, organizational birthday, I guess. 
And the mission of our organization is to provide passports, travel grants, and educational experiences for students um, in underrepresented communities. Um, and our vision is really to create a world where every student has the opportunity to travel. We see so often that some communities and some students, um, one, don't know about the opportunities to travel, whether that's study abroad, volunteering abroad. Um, and then many don't have the financial means to be able to do so. Um, so we want to create kind of equity in that travel space. Um, and then we also want to create inclusion in the space, too, and, and, and highlight other black and brown folks and, and folks from underrepresented communities that are traveling, that are leading travel groups whose lives have been changed by travel to help inspire that next generation to be able to, to do so and to want to do so as well. What was your first transformative travel experience, would you say? So there, there's kind of like two, there's like one bucket experience and then one transformational experience. I'll talk about both of them briefly. Um, so one of the reasons that I wanted to start this organization is because I was privileged enough as a kid to be able to travel um, or fortunate enough, privileged enough, both of those, I guess, uh, as a kid to be able to travel. And I remember, you know, traveling with my family at a young age, my brother and my parents, um, like on our spring breaks and we're able to go to like Cancun and Playa del Carmen and just like being able to do that at a young age really exposed me to the world is bigger than the state that you grew up in or the city that you grew up in. Um, but in hindsight, I also realized that I was one of the few, you know, black kids like at these resorts and at these places that we were traveling to. Um, and at the time, you know, I didn't realize that I didn't, you know, come to that realization. But as I grew up and, and grew older, um, it was kind of an epiphany. So that would be like the first thing. And the second thing where I really fell in love with international travel um, was when I studied abroad in college. Um, so I went to school at Georgia Tech in Atlanta, and Georgia Tech actually has a campus in Lorraine, France. Um, so I was able to study abroad in France for 12 weeks, uh, travel, you know, to all of the countries in Europe. Uh, I shouldn't say all of them, but plenty of countries in Europe. Um, and that was like my first time traveling, like without my parents and like having to figure things out on my own. Um, so I would say that that was also, uh, you know, that was the big trip that like, you know, galvanized my love for travel and, and, and made me so passionate about it. Can you uh, share a story from that trip that kind of encapsulates the uh, the essence of the trip as a whole? Ooh, there's so many stories from that trip. Uh, um, <laughs> I mean, you know, well, right, some you're not allowed to share, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, uh, what direction is this podcast? <laughs> it goes in any direction you want. <laughs> any, any direction I want. Um, I, was, I would say like one of the... There's a lot of like pivotal experiences when I studied abroad. Um, I think one of my favorites were when I went to Paris for the first time. Um, so we were in Metz, France. It was only like a couple hour train ride uh, to get to Paris, France. So we went a couple of times uh, during our study abroad experience. Um, but the first time that I went to Paris, I went with a couple of friends uh, they were all black women. And we really kind of just like that was our first time really 
um, kind of just like being on our own and like having to book hotels and hostels and like navigate a country that, you know, didn't necessarily, everyone didn't speak the same language. Um, and I think when I was standing outside of like the loo for the first time was like the moment where I was like, wow, I'm, I'm really here. Like I really did this kind of like on my own and like in navigating this, this new experience. Um, and I remember being outside of the Louvre and, you know, you're seeing people from all over the world. And um, there was a, a young, you know, black guy that came up to me and he was like trying to figure out where I was from. He was like, he, he, you look like you're from Africa, but you don't sound like you're from an African country. You're in Europe, but you don't have a British accent. Like, are you from the States? And like, he was just asking me like all of these questions, trying to figure out where I was from, but knowing that I, I kind of look like him. Um, so that was just like a really kind of cool experience just to see like the curiosity of others abroad um, and kind of the, the excitement to see folks that look like them traveling as well. Um, so that was a, that was a pretty cool moment that I had. How did you see your home country differently after having those experiences? Yeah. So, so living in the States, um, a, a, a lot of like ahas and, and things that I, I kind of came to the realization of is, you know, how insular we can be, um, in our, in our home country, right? not necessarily being abreast of what is going on around the world. Uh, one of our trips that we, we took when we were studying abroad, we went to Amsterdam. Um, and this was around 2011, 2000, it was 2012, I believe. Um, so this is like getting ready for like the U.S. election, right, um, in 2012. And plastered all over Amsterdam were just like, posters and flyers about the different presidential debates, like in coffee shops, folks were talking about um, kind of the U S presidential candidates and like asking us what we thought about them. And I was like, wow, I would have never, like, I have no idea what's going on in the Netherlands, but you know, everything that's going on in the United States. Like it was a big moment of just like realizing how insular we can be um, and not necessarily be, global citizens and, and really kind of understand what's going on around the world. Uh, so that was one of the biggest things that I took back. And I think the other thing um, that, I, again, I didn't really come to this realization uh, until about like five or six years ago um, in my profession, my nine to five, I'm a, a consultant. I work for a consulting firm and I lead uh, a lot of our diversity, equity and inclusion work, both for our firm and for our clients that we work with. And I was giving a, a presentation or a training on cultural intelligence um, in the workplace, right? How do we increase our, our cultural intelligence? How are we more multicultural as an organization? And so many of the anecdotes and the stories that I, that I was leveraging was about my time abroad. Um, so I think, you know, spending that time abroad in, in different countries and experiencing different cultures created a sense of empathy and appreciation for diversity and equity um, that I even bring to the workplace today. It never ceases to amaze me how um, 
knowledge, wisdom, whatever you want to call it, all, all of the above gained from travel can still years later, like trips that you took years ago or whatever, just still so, somehow bubble up to the surface things, things from it. Well, this kind of gets into what I want to talk about. You're, you mentioned in your email, uh, we could delve into the challenges faced by under, under-resourced communities. This is the thing, like if people don't have access to this, they don't have access to that transformative power of travel. I'm always hesitant to be like, I know not everybody wants to travel. And it's always like, well, you know, you don't want to say, well, you can't gain wisdom or knowledge without traveling, right? But there's a certain thing that comes with traveling. And I think particularly if you have the desire to do so, and then you're able to fulfill that. And like you said, the exposure you get to different cultures and the ability to see your own culture from a distance and all of these things that you know as a traveler, people have to have access to that. And if they don't have access to that, that those opportunities go by the wayside. So I wanted to hear from you some of the some of those challenges that you mentioned in the email that those communities face. And I know you guys have ways that you help to overcome them through your foundation. But also I just curious about your thoughts generally speaking in terms of like either systemic change or ideas you want to share, like really anything around this that you want to share. I'd love to hear your thoughts on where you think things should go. Yeah. A thousand, a thousand percent. Um, and this is kind of the crux of the work that we do with, with two fly foundation and, and the reason why we started the organization itself. I think, you know, one of the number one barriers um, is, is financial barriers, right? Um, related to the cost of travel, um, the cost of not only getting your passport, but getting your luggage and getting your flight and paying for uh, tuition or program fees for these study abroad experiences. Um, that, that in itself was the reason that we started this organization. We wanted to raise funds to support students that wanted to travel abroad, knew they wanted to travel abroad, but just couldn't do it because of finances. Um, that's why we started the organization itself. Um, but a lot of that is, you know, systemic and just, um, you know, just not having kind of that access uh, to be able to do so. So I think that would be the biggest barrier, one of the bigger barriers uh, and one of the ones that we wanted to tackle as an organization. But as we started kind of doing the work and learning uh, about student travel and why students weren't traveling or why parents were hesitant to send their students abroad, right, Another barrier is just around representation, um, right? There's like a saying, you know, you can't, you can't be what you can't see. Um, and when you don't see a lot of black and brown travelers participating in study abroad or volunteer abroad programs, you feel like, you know, it, it might be a subconscious or unconscious feeling of this isn't for me or people like me don't do these types of things, Um so the second thing that we really wanted to get across is like, how do we bring awareness to, you know, studying abroad and global travel and the benefits of it? Um, so we do a lot of work to highlight um, black and brown folks and folks from underrepresented communities who do study abroad and the value and the stories that they bring back. So many of our students that have studied abroad, right, part of part of the, the grant provision process is you have to provide um, like a testimonial or, or share a little bit about your experience with us. And we see so many students whose lives change, whether they are more confident in themselves 
whether they feel like they are more curious and global citizen, global citizens uh, after their experience. They're more in tune with their history, with their culture, with their background from their experience. Um, some students have like changed the trajectory of their studies and, you know, have gone to Japan, Japan and fell in love with robotics. And now they're studying mechanical engineering in college. Right. So we, we like to highlight these stories and bring these stories to students. So they are like aware of like, oh, I can do this too. People like me do do this because even in the travel industry itself, you know, minorities and underrepresented groups are truly underrepresented, um, not only in the, the act of traveling, but in travel occupations too. So it's, it's hard to see folks, you know, that, that look like you. Uh, so that's definitely something that um, we want to see change. We work with some of our partners that are in the travel industry um, to kind of highlight kind of this dilemma and bring diversity, equity, and inclusion kind of practices and principles to these organizations. So we can kind of start at the top um, and at the bottom. Um, when it when it comes to some of these challenges. We'll get back to the interview in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by U.S. Bank. Recently, I went out for tacos and it wasn't even Friday. Yes, we have Taco Friday in Norway, not Taco Tuesday. Well, more importantly, I could have earned rewards for every scrumptious bite of those chorizo soft shells. Introducing the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Earn four times points when you go out for dining or order takeout and restaurant delivery, including tacos. Plus, you can earn two times points when you shop for or order your groceries, two times points when you need to fill up or charge up at gas stations and EV charging stations. You're even rewarded with two times points just for your favorite streaming services. Go to usbank.com slash altitude. Go! To learn more about how you can earn 20,000 bonus points worth $200 if you spend $1,000 in the first 90 days of opening your account. Win big with the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Visit usbank.com slash Altitude Go to apply. Limited time offer. The creditor and issuer of this card is U.S. Bank National Association pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc. Some restrictions may apply. This episode of Zero to Travel is presented by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. From muddy jungle paths and snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder has the capability to take you to some of the most epic destinations on Earth. We're excited to partner with Nissan because our listeners know we love to celebrate the joy of exploring the world and finding the best off-the-beaten-path destinations to visit. And there's no better vehicle for that than the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys, and it even has the best towing capacity in its class, up to 6,000 pounds, so you can bring the fun with you. But Nissan also knows that it's not just about where you go. In a Pathfinder, the real fun comes from getting there, and that's something we love celebrating here on the Zero to Travel podcast. We believe that life is about finding that joy within the journey itself, and that's why we're thrilled to partner with Nissan to celebrate adventurers everywhere. So thanks again to Nissan for sponsoring this episode of Zero to Travel and for the reminder to chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures and enjoy the ride along the way. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Now, back to the show. That's the impact that you guys are making. That's probably hard to measure, right? You can say you've spent, you know, you've sent X amount of students abroad, but because you guys are doing this work, you're also raising 
rising tide lifts all boats type of thing, right? Like like you were saying, you, you see something, you see, oh, they can do it, I can do it too. And that that you can't measure, but you're making that huge impact just through the work you're doing. I mean, how does it, when you hear a story, uh, how a student's life has been transformed from their experience, I mean, how does that hit you? I mean, I just get chills thinking about it. And, and, and as somebody who founded this as, you know, I don't know when this idea came to you if you were just sitting in your bedroom one day like, oh, I should do this. And now look at what you've accomplished. And as somebody comes back, it goes from this idea to now you're like facing somebody whose life has been changed because of what you've done. Yeah. How does that feel for you? It's, uh, it's, it's deeply impactful. Like whenever we get a testimonial or we get a photo from a student abroad or like, you know, some of like our middle school students will like send their TikToks and their Instagram reels of like their travel experiences. Like we call that our two fly why. Uh, so it really fuels what we're doing. And it's funny you mentioned like from where we started to where we are, um, you know, seven years ago when my co-founders and I started this organization, right? It started off as just like an idea to raise money and give to another organization to provide passports to students. Um, you know, seven years ago when we started, it was, you know, I was younger, we were all younger and, you know, we loved going happy hours and day parties and brunches and like turning up for a good cause. Like that's, that was kind of our thing. So we're like, well, let's throw a fundraiser. Uh, we'll call it the two fly fundraiser. And we'll just ask the bar to donate a percentage of all the bar sales and we'll use that to to purchase passports for students that were traveling abroad. That's that was like the extent of Two Fly back in 2016. Uh, so we started doing that, and we were just like traveling around the country, like throwing parties to raise money to buy passports. And as we studied and became better students of uh, the work that we were doing, that's when we kind of developed into some of the programming and. Um, the outreach activities that we were doing and trying to make more of a systemic change rather than just raising capital. Um, so now when we hear the stories, we always kind of like look back and laugh. Like we were like, you know, drinking at a bar, raising money seven years ago. And now we have students writing us letters about how, you know, they've inspired their family to study abroad and how they are more in tune with their Ghanaian roots and how they feel more confident in their black skin and it's, it was like, it's always a full circle and emotional moment um, every time we, he we hear those stories. Yeah, I mean, everything starts somewhere, right? Like, look at what you guys have built. You mentioned you're drinking in the bar. Next thing you know, look, look at what this has become and the impact you have made. How are you doing all of this? It just sounds like it's quite a lot of work. And now, now you're up. You got to get up early and talk to these annoying podcast guys like me. And then, you, you know, you're promoting, you're, you're doing all this stuff. And this sounds like a full-time thing, but you work full-time from what I understand, doing the consulting stuff and, you know, corporate professional environment. I'm sure it's demanding. How are you doing, Brandon? Are you, are you hanging in there? Are you keeping it? It sounds like a lot. I mean, what, what do you, yeah. has it been tough? It's, it's, it's been tough. There's ebbs and flows, but you know, one, first and foremost, we have a great team. Like, uh, it's not just me. It's not just the co-founders. We have a full team of folks that are really passionate and dedicated, um, you know, to do this work. Um, and it's a team of folks that, like, you enjoy. Like, you really enjoy being around. 
Um, so it doesn't, sometimes it feels like work, but oftentimes it doesn't feel like work. It feels like we're just like operating in purpose, which that's the best way, you know, to make change in my opinion. Um, and the full team, right. Our full team, everyone is like, they're doing this as volunteer staff. Um, so we don't have any full-time employees. Um, so we're, we're truly operating off of passion and purpose, um, which has been great. Um, but yeah, and, and I think the other thing too is the team has so many diverse professions, um, right? I'm in consulting. My co-founder Bola is is in uh, in law and uh, just finished law school. Uh, we have folks on the team that are in nonprofit development. We have engineers. So it's like as we think about our skill sets and our connections and what we're doing in our full time jobs we're able to kind of pour that into two fly as well, um, which has also been like a tremendous help. Um, so I would, I would summarize it in like the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. And like everyone on the team is, is really helpful. We have a ton of community support. Um, so although days are long, um, they're, they're enjoyable. Tell us about the whole Kelly Clarkson show experience. Cause I watched the YouTube clip cause I had to see it. I had to see like how it, everything went down and I, I referenced it in the beginning, we should hear it from you. Cause that must've been sort of surreal and kind of, yeah. If those that don't know, she has a popular day, I guess it's a daytime talk show on in America nationwide. Right. I believe. And so it's a pretty big audience and you got to go on the show and some really cool things happened. So I was just wondering if you could share the story from, from your perspective. <laughs> yeah. So it was, <laughs> Um, that was kind of one of the, the, the biggest highlights of kind of the work that we did. It, it felt like a, you know, a, 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 not a bookmark, but like, you know, in a book where like you change, you completely change directions or you go to a part two, like that was kind of the, the inflection point for a lot of the work that we did. And, um, we, I think we got on the show kind of by happenstance, um, the way that I understood the, you know, the beginning was Kelly Clarkson, who's from Texas, um, was looking for Texas leaders uh, or change makers um, to highlight on, on her show. Um, and the show's based in L.A., so they were doing some work trying to find some change makers in Texas. Um, and they came across my co-founder and our executive director of Two Fly, Bola. Um, so they kind of dug into Bola's story a little bit. And when they came across Two Fly, my understanding is, you know, I th- they felt like they could do more with the organization than just the, the change maker itself. So we did get a call from an associate producer from the Kelly Clarkson show asking if we would be interested in, in being on one of the episodes or one of the shows. And this was no, we don't want any exposure. No, yeah, we, we don't want millions of people to see. <laughs> <laughs> I got a couple meetings in the office. I don't know. See if I can work around it. Oh, <laughs> um, so of course we said, of course, like when, where, however, we'll make it happen. Um, but it kind of drew on like a few months. Like they were looking, I guess, trying to slot us in the right season, the right episode. So like we had all this excitement, but then we're like, well, we don't know when we're going to be on the show. Um, so fast forward a few months, 
we got a call and they're like, can you be out here on this date? Um, can you like send me pictures of some different outfits that you're thinking about wearing on the show? Um, can you get testimonials from students? Can you sign these like press releases? It was like they needed everything yesterday. <laughs> <They're> just, <laughs> like, oh my God. Like <laughs> it's like a whirlwind. And again, like we all have nine to five. So we're like trying to figure out how to do this while working. And um, it was a lot of excitement. Uh, but we, we kind of flew out to LA, um, didn't really know what to expect. We didn't know the questions they were going to ask. They didn't, we didn't know, we didn't know anything outside of we're going to be on the couch with Kelly Clarkson. Uh, so yeah, fast forwarding a little bit more, we get there, like we're doing COVID tests like every 12 hours. Um, cause this is during, during the pandemic, um, get to the studio and, Kind of like I remember walking by and I see like Tyler Perry's nameplate on one of the dressing rooms. So I was like, oh, you know, okay, Tyler Perry's gonna be here. He's on the episode. Like that's yeah. cool. Not thinking that we're amazing or anything like yeah. that. But just like, oh, that's cool. Um, so we're in the in the back dressing room. We're like rehearsing some of the questions that they're gonna ask us and like talking through rather, like, here's kind of the flow. And they say like, well, Tyler Perry wants to like stay out there while you're on. Um, he didn't. He didn't want to leave the couch. So we're like, oh, you know, bleep. Um, you know, not only was <laughs> I like nervous, <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> Tyler Perry's going to be here too. Um, but it was such a cool experience. Like they were both so like warm and welcoming, and we were just so surprised at how much they already knew about Two Fly Foundation, like when you go up to, to shake Mr. Perry's hand and you're introducing yourself and he says he already knows who you are, like that was a cool moment in itself. Um, but the show was great. Um, we definitely got emotional a few moments on the show, not only just telling our Two Fly story and talking about our Two Fly why like I'm doing with you, um, but they created like this montage video of some of the student students that we sent abroad, many of which like we hadn't heard from in a long time, just kind of talking about their gratitude for the organization, their experiences abroad. Um, so that was a pivotal moment. Um, we were fortunate enough to have uh, HEB give us a $50,000 grant, which we weren't expecting um, on the show on behalf of Kelly Clarkson. And then Tyler Perry being Tyler Perry decided to match that um, live uh, so it was just like surprise after surprise, but um, it was a it was a cool experience. Uh, uh, definitely an inflection point in our growth as an organization, and uh, really impactful at the end of the day. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, watching the clip, we'll link to it in the show notes if anybody wants to see it. I mean, you guys looked totally calm and cool, and you know you didn't seem nervous at all. I, it sounded like you guys were just on on point with your messaging and everything, but I'm sure, yeah, the video and then getting like a hundred thousand dollar windfall basically into your foundation. That yeah, it <laughs> that's was a lot. I'm sure you guys went out and celebrated that night. Oh, we, we definitely yeah. did. Um, there was a lot of laughter, <laughs> tears, hugs, calling everybody on our team. Like you won't you won't believe what just happened. Uh, and I'm glad we didn't look nervous. Because we were we were a hundred percent nervous, um, <laughs> so I'm glad it didn't look that way. Um, but I, th- I think the other thing is just like when you are really passionate about what you do, and 
like we know what we do in and out. We were able to kind of like have that conversation confidently, but we were, I was sweating. I wore black so you couldn't see the sweat because I was definitely up there sweating. (laughs) As I mentioned at the top, I said I was no Tyler Perry because, you know, got a small donation as a thanks for just coming on. But I, I did that because I want to encourage other people listening that may be inspired by um, your story and your words and your mission to, you know, take a moment and check it out at twoflyfoundation.org. And if you're able to and have the means to, to donate, I guess that would be the call to action here. Right, Brandon? Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, every donation, like no matter the size goes a long way and it goes directly to a student that has a desire to travel abroad, um, whether it's volunteering or studying abroad. Um, and if you go to our website, like you'll, you'll see the stats, you'll see our story, um, you'll see the mission and you'll, you'll be able to donate. But outside of donation, just continuing to just like amplify not only our organization and the work that we're doing is incredibly important and impactful, but just kind of amplifying the need for travel equity and travel inclusion, especially for our students. Um, that's why we do what we do. So any work that you can do in the space, if you are in the space, um, continue to look through an inclusive and equitable lens, try and fill gaps, create opportunities, create bridges. Um, that's that's kind of the heart of, of what we do. Any advice or tips you want to share for just like, you know, an individual traveler that wants to create more travel inclusion and equity, as you mentioned? Yeah, uh, a a thousand percent. I I think one of the the biggest things that like travelers can do um, is highlight their stories, like tell their stories to diverse audiences. So we often kind of like travel and, you know, have these amazing experiences and we'll tell our close friends, we'll tell our partners, we'll tell our families. But there's a swath of, of folks that need to kind of hear your stories and the, the impact and the value of travel. Um, so anytime that you can kind of give back and share your experiences with students or community groups or organizations and, and just really talk about it, that's one way to bring awareness. Um be curious when you're traveling. Um, you know, I've fallen into the habit where, you know, I've traveled and I, I can be very insular and just like stay at a resort and stay with, you know, the, the folks that are at the resort with me. Um, but be curious, learn about the cultures um, that you're going to when you're going to different destinations, learn about their history, learn about that country's needs, um, learn, you know, whatever you can, just like really be curious. Um, That in itself has helped me look at the world through a more equitable and inclusive lens, um, which I alluded to before. Um, Simply, you know, traveling to Cuba and talking to Cubans about what they're going through and their history and what life is like, uh, or going to Kenya and having those conversations, or going to Croatia and having those conversations. Now when I come back to work, I'm thinking through through like life and and experiencing life with a broader perspective and understanding, you know, there's different stories and different plights that people are going through. And I can be more empathetic um, to, to some of these lifestyles. Um, And always, you know, what I tell people at work, 
tell people I travel is just figure out where gaps exist and do your part to fill them, whether it's, you know, gaps to access, gaps to funding, gaps to experiences, gaps to knowledge, gaps to representation. Figure out your one small piece. And if every traveler does something small, it's going to aggregate into something large and it's going to aggregate into into change at the end of the day. I'm a visual thinker, I guess. I love the idea of just thinking about this gap and matching your sort of, everybody has their sphere of influence or their skill set. And, you know, that gap will be unique to everybody, but it's like a great, it's a great example. It's a great way of thinking, I guess. To, uh, maybe that'll be the cha- one of the challenges coming out of this episode I like to throw out there sometimes is like, where can you identify a small gap and can you fill it, you know, in the next three months? in some way. Maybe it'll start with drinks at a bar like Brandon. <laughs> like Brandon's did. Yeah, that, you never know. <laughs> so you never know. Yeah. Never know. <laughs> but I mean, I, I love that though. You know, that's, I just brought that up because uh, it's like, you know, I think the perception can be when you get into something, well, like, you know, it has to be perfectly done when you first get going. You know, I have to like nail it. I have to have all my ducks in a row or whatever. And it can just be kind of, let's do this thing and see what, see what happens, see what comes out of this as a step one. You know, like if you guys hadn't done that just initial fundraiser for the passports thing, you mean that thing led to the next thing, led to the next thing and, and to what you guys are now. What is one of the big life lessons, let's call it, that you've learned personally from from your experience running the foundation, being around this mission? It would have to be just like one of the things that we've learned recently as an organization, and it was kind of my aha, is stay close to those that you're serving, right? Um, and, and intimately know those that you're serving. And it's, it, this is not like some grandiose big aha but we, we often, as you grow an organization, as you grow an idea, as you grow whatever it might be, and you get some traction behind it, you feel like you know what's best, right, for, for the organization. You feel like you know the ins and outs, like you've been there since the beginning, and you start to design um, programs or campaigns or whatever it might be that you think is best. And you have to consistently remind yourself that you're not your end consumer. So you have to stay close to those that you're serving. And we now do more work learning directly from students. Like, why don't you travel? Why, you know, have you learned, like, have you seen people like you travel before? What do you want to get from travel? Where do you want to go? And like, the more that we understand our students that we're trying to support, the better we'll be, not only as an organization, but the better advocates we can be for them, uh, to our partners and to our community. Um, so there's just like so many like small things where like, well, let's design this program and like, let's use this platform. And re- like last night we had a conversation. We're like, let's make a LinkedIn group. And then we're like, wait, the students we're serving aren't even on LinkedIn yet. Like we need to make a Facebook group or like a TikTok something. Um, so it's just like always stay close to those that you're serving. I think it's my biggest like learning from, from running to fly and, and being a part of to fly. 
We'll get back to the interview in just a moment. Would you love to have an incredible cup of coffee every day? I've tried it all. I've done the pour over. I've done the French press. But I tasted an AeroPress coffee many years ago. And immediately, I was sold. I had to get one. AeroPress is a patented three-in-one brew technology. This combines the flavor benefits of espresso, pour over, and French press all into one compact portable device built for travel or home. I love things you can use in both places. This device has over 55,000 five-star reviews in over 60 countries. AeroPress is the best-reviewed coffee press on the planet. I've owned one for so many years, I don't even remember how long it's been. And they are under 50 bucks. So they also make an exceptional gift. Thoughtful, proven, tasty, and travel-oriented. Who wouldn't love that? Now, you get 20% off just for being a listener of this show at aeropress.com slash zero to travel. That's aeropress, A-E-R-O-P-R-E-S-S dot com slash zero to travel. That will save you 20% on checkout. Thanks to Aeropress for supporting today's show. Hey, it's Jason here. Did you know you are invited to join the first ever Zero to Travel community trip? Yes, we're planning a trip together. We're headed to Morocco November 30th through December 9th. And you can get all the details at zerototravel.com slash trip. It's open for booking now. We have 13 spots left at the time of this recording. And you have until the end of March to book. So if you're interested in traveling with an amazing community, this community, a small group of people on an incredible journey through Morocco together with me. Sign up over there at zerototravel.com slash trip to get all the details. Thanks for listening and hope to see you there. Now, back to the show. I was curious out in your travels if you have a moment that stands out to you or maybe the first one that comes to mind where you experienced uh, like a random act of kindness from a stranger. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm going to chalk this up to being a random act of kindness. I don't know if it was me getting hustled by a stranger, but it seemed kind. So I'm going to go with it. Um, <laughs> we were in, where were we? It was again, it was when I was studying abroad. Um, and I think we're, we were either at the Vatican or somewhere in Italy. Um, and we we're just kind of like walking streets and, um, I don't know, we were either going to get something to eat or going to go see an attraction or something. And, you know, I remember being stopped by um, someone who was like selling bracelets and like they had like their whole stand out. Um, they were like weaving bracelets in real time and, and selling them. Um, and we we're just like, oh no, you know, we've already bought all the souvenirs we can buy. Um, and a young, uh, black boy again. Um, I don't, I don't know what African country he was from, but he like grabbed my hand and like put the bracelet on. And I was like, Oh no, I don't have any cash. Like, and he was like, Oh no, don't worry about it. Like, don't worry about it. And I was like, Nope, this sounds like a hustle. Like it sounds like you're going to try and you know get something out of me. So I'm like trying to take it off. And he was like, no, just keep it on, keep it on. And then he pulled out an identical bracelet that he wove and he put it on himself. And then he like, gave me a high five and was like, bye. And like, we didn't really have a lot of conversations. We didn't like, it wasn't a lot of back and forth. He just like really wanted to give me something. And I assumed it to be again, because he saw someone that like looked like him in a different country. Um, and it was like a really 
cool moment. Again, I don't know if I was getting hustled or if, you know, it was just purely an act of kindness, but it genuinely felt kind. Um, so that was definitely like a really small gesture that again, I can remember from 12 years ago. Wow. That's, that's a great story. I, I, you could think about, uh, these gestures that like that, that you don't have to exchange a lot of words for it to have so much meaning. Yeah. You know? Yeah. (laughs) There's, there's a line, um, like there's like a thread uh, of a lot of the stories that are impactful. And a lot of them have been folks that look like me abroad, like making this connection, um, while I'm overseas. And there was a, a line that I said uh, on the, the Kelly Clarkson show that like now has become one of our mantras. Um, and it's all about like when we first started Two Fly Foundation, we wanted our students to see the world. We wanted them to have that global perspective. And now as we've grown and matured as an organization, we find it equally important for the world to see our students. It's important for, you know, these you know, countries abroad to see these young black and brown and, you know, students from underrepresented communities studying abroad, traveling abroad, experiencing the world, because we feel like it's mutually beneficial. Um, And a lot of that came from those experiences that I had and many folks have when, when traveling abroad. Beautiful. I was wondering if you were talking to, one of your students tomorrow was getting on a plane. And I think this advice might translate to anybody listening who's, you know, getting ready to travel in the near future. What would be your advice for them to get the most out of their trip or the most out of their travel experience? What would you say to them? Yeah, it's, it's two words. It's be curious, like lean in, be curious, ask all the questions, have the conversations, like, you can, it's okay to not know when you're abroad. Um, but once you start asking those questions and you're learning, like that, that's what makes the world of, of difference. Um, and it's one of the cool things that we do at our fundraisers um, is, right, our fundraisers are very much like, we call them creatively lit. Like we'll have an open bar, we'll have music and DJs, um, but we're you know, raising money throughout the night to go to our mission. Uh, And one of the activations that we have is we'll have attendees write letters to students that we're sending abroad. Um, So they can write like little notes on a postcard and we'll put them in, we'll put all those uh, postcards in the travel kits that we send to our students. We'll send our students, you know, some swag, luggage, t-shirts, their check. Um, And then we'll also have like the note um, in it. And so many of those notes are around be curious, lean in, do something new, do something different. Um, so I think that's kind of like the biggest call to action for, for students that are going abroad uh, is, is just truly just lean in and, and be curious. Do you have any upcoming trips planned? I don't have anything on the books now. I had a, I had a, a, a fun summer. Um, I was able to, to have some fun trips. Um, so I did Cabo recently for a birthday I did Montego Bay, Jamaica for a birthday um, this summer. So those were fun trips. Um, some of my bucket list trips where I'm hoping to go in the next couple of years, next year, next two years is 
Uh, I want to go to Ecuador. I want to go to the Galapagos Islands. Like that's bucket list number one. Uh, Thailand is definitely on my list. Um, and then Ghana will be the, the third country on my list. So hopefully those are my next three. Before we let you go, I guess if you want to just share one more time, people can find you if they have any other questions or any, really anything you want to share here, call to action or just uh, parting words of wisdom, anything. <laughs> no pressure. Leave the podcast with words of wisdom. Hmm. I, I, I would <laughs> say, you know, from a parting words perspective, it's it's similar to what we talked about earlier in, in the episode, but just whatever you can to fill a gap, do that. Um, get your shovel, do your work and, and fill in the gap. Um, one of the ways that you can fill a gap is supporting the Two Fly Foundation. Um, you can find us at twoflyfoundation.org. Um, our website has all of our information about how we fundraise, where we fundraise, our different outreach programs that we do with middle school, high school, and college students. Um, we're on Instagram at Two Fly Foundation. Um, we're on Facebook. We're on LinkedIn. So if you have any questions, if you have any ideas, if you want to work, if you have students that are trying to study abroad, travel abroad, please reach out to us on any of those platforms. Uh, and we would love to, to talk, learn from, discuss those things with you. Do you think you would live abroad? I've always thought about it. Um, I would love to have an experience abroad. Um, kudos to you. I know uh, you're in, in Norway, right? Yeah. 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 Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> Uh, accidentally in ac- a way accidentally yeah. <laughs> um, I <don't> accidental know. <laughs> love <laughs> I wouldn't put it past me <laughs> right now I love the the getaway that travel brings um, so we'll see where did you grow up so I grew up in Denver Colorado or outside of Denver in Aurora yeah, that's um, right, yeah. so that's yeah. that's where I claim I'm from because I spent most of my childhood there but I also traveled around yeah. a lot as a kid. My dad was in, he was in sales. So we moved like every year to two years. Um, so I think I had oh, like wow. seven okay. different moves before I even landed in Colorado in fifth grade. Um, so yeah. I've, I've truly been traveling be my whole life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. So you know how to make new friends quickly. And that was a skill that I had to learn pretty fast. Hmm. Wow. Interesting. Well, I, I'm really admire the work you're doing and I so appreciate the fact that you just found the podcast, took the time to write and then took your time to get up this morning and have a coffee and chat about it and share your experience. And I'm super inspired by what you're doing and everything you've done thus far and look forward to continuing to follow along and support the organization however I can. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jason. I truly appreciate it. Uh, It was a pleasure to be on your podcast. This conversation was great Um, and looking forward to just keeping in touch with you and, and all your listeners. So thank you. Sounds good. Take care. All right. Thank you. Take care. There you go. That was my conversation with Brandon Miller. Of course, check him out, twoflyfoundation.org. And it is Giving Tuesday at the time of this uh, publication. So if you're in the spirit to give, 
go ahead and do that. And if not, there's other ways you can give, which we're going to talk about in a second. I love how this foundation just started so casually as an idea with friends. And then it really takes action to bring something to life, of course. And that is what the challenge is about today that I mentioned at the top. You heard it, the quote at the top of the show, very top where Brandon talked about filling that little gap. We can all do that. And you heard it during the interview and I'm bringing it up again because I think it's such a a great way to kind of look at this. And, you know, not all of us are going to start nonprofit organizations and do all these things, but there are things that we can do, as I mentioned, in our little sphere of influence. And maybe that's the challenge today, or it is the challenge, I should say, not maybe, to do that. I'm going to try to tie all this up with a bow by sharing another little snippet from the Giving Tuesday website, where they talked about Giving Tuesday, and they say, quote, it's a simple idea, whether it's making somebody smile, helping a neighbor or stranger out, showing up for an issue or people we care about, or giving some of what we have to those who need our help. Every act of generosity counts, and everyone has something to contribute toward building the better world we all want to live in, end quote. Couldn't say it any better than that. <laughs> it's perfect. And it's not always about money, right? Maybe you find a gap and fill it another way. And that was the actionable advice I wanted to tie in. If you're inspired by this show, if you're inspired to figure out some plans or some ways you can give back next year, I know I'm thinking about these same things. And as I always say on the show, when I bring these things up, they're challenges for me too. I'm thinking about, okay, how do I want to make an impact next year? What are some of the things I can do? Um, you know, if it's money stuff, what can I afford to do? If it's um, other things, what do I have time in my life to, to do? What are some of those gaps that I have the ability to to fill in perhaps a, a unique way? And just something to think about, right? Something that may shape the course of next year. If you're making plans, I think it's a nice way to approach our planning for the year as we go into the new year, it's often something we do as we're planning out some of the big things we want to do in the coming year. So maybe we make part of that a giving strategy. I don't know. I'm riffing here, but I, I like the idea and I'm certainly going to do that here as I set my intentions for the coming year. You know, let me close this out with uh, this idea of the American dream, which has come to mean whatever country you're from, I think people interpret it as attaining a certain level of wealth and certain material possessions, let's say. That's kind of what it turns into, has turned into, I should say. I never knew that it meant something else before. I found this attribution to a quote in an investopedia.com article. That's just a website on investing. I was doing some Googling around consumerism and psychology and things like that. And I came across this, which was attributed to Maria Ivanova from a paper she wrote called Consumerism and the Crisis, Wither the American Dream? Question mark. The, the paper is called Critical Sociology. I couldn't even begin to find it on the internet, but this uh, snippet was from the this article or this paper. And it said, quote, the American dream has always been about the prospect of success. But 100 years ago, the phrase meant the opposite of what it does now. The original, quote, American dream was not a dream of individual wealth and consumerism. It was a dream of social equality, justice, and democracy for the nation, first used widely in the 1916 elections. 
The phrase was repurposed by each generation until the Cold War, when it became an argument for a consumer capitalist version of democracy. Our ideas about the American dream froze in the 1950s. Today, it can often mean consumerism, end quote. And I didn't know that there was another meaning to that phrase, the American dream, and that was first widely used in the 1916 elections. Always fun to find a little historical fact like that. And things can get twisted up over time, but it's always good to revisit things and perhaps just say, hey, maybe we should get back to the original meaning there. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. I learned a lot about consumerism from traveling and traveling with everything I own and carrying only that with me. I realized it gave me an opportunity to step outside of a, a consumer driven society and see it for what it is. And I really needed that to step outside of that and live that way in order to, to see it in a different light. And, you know, individuals, I mean, we, we're, we're bombarded with a lot. We have systems that market products and services to us constantly. I don't know what to do about it, but I do know that, uh, it's giving Tuesday. So I thought I would just bring some of this to our attention, give you some food for thought and leave you with a quote from Winston Churchill who said we make a living by what we get we make a life by what we give thanks for listening and I'll see you next time peace and love to you and yours cheers this podcast has been brought to you by zero to travel.com ideas and advice to make your travel dreams a reality